Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Right, so we're continuing our series on roof. Um, Holly did an amazing job uh, last, last week, I believe it was, um, on the bitter journey. It was really brilliant. Um, really f- felt her vulnerability as well. It really spoke to me. Um, so today's focus is going to be on an, an unexpected meeting. Um, generous Redeemer, I've subtitled it. So my sort of thoughts or questions that I want you guys to have is that God doesn't break his fidelity to us. Do we break our fidelity to God? Want to experience God's generosity? How is your fidelity? How is your fidelity to God? So, the author of the book of Ruth, uh, so tradition has it, is that it's prophet Samuel who wrote both the book of Ruth and the book of Judges. The date of writing, the view is between 1011 and 931 BC. I'm going to go to the next slide. We've got a diagram here. I um, don't know if you can see it very well. So it's um, a diagram from a, a Bible teacher called David Pawson, uh, who's now deceased. Um, and he's got a series, the book is called Unlocking the Bible. Um, so this diagram is, consists of a series of cycles that we see in the book of Judges. So the first point is supplication. So Israel typically cries out to God, for help, then God delivers, there's liberation, so God sends a deliverer, Uh, point three, then there's a violation again, the people slip back into sin, so point four, God God allows an enemy to occupy Israel, then it's back to supplication all over again. So there keeps being this like this series of of cycles. Um, So to contrast it, to, so from Book of Judges to Ruth, it's quite different. Ruth seems to be a bit more linear and less of the cycles, yeah? <laughs> so what I've got here with Judges, I'm reminded of the movie 300. So there's, you know, blood and gore and wars and fighting. There's paganism. There's, um, in the Book of Judges, unfaithful people, hence the, uh, the words did what was right in their own eyes. Uh, There's actual judges such as Gideon, uh, Samson, Deborah. Um, With the roof, I thought of Cinderella. Um, So there's a lot less turbulence in in roof. So there's bereavement, but there's hope. There's a family story, there's a love story, there's a marriage, um, there's hope, there's a redeemer. And instead of a glass slipper, there's actually a sandal. So you have to stay tuned to the end of the series to know what that means, yeah? Okay. Um, I actually came up with a spoken word as well. This is normally Adora's arena. I don't touch it. But as I was like answering some of the questions um, about, you know, what am I preaching about? 
this is what came to mind. Um, so, a chosen yet kingless, faithless, perpetual covenant-breaking people saw the prospect of a risen kingsman redeemer through the loyalty, fidelity, and tenacity of a widowed, poverty-stricken, Moabite, marginalized woman. Cool. Right. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but before we start going into the text, I do feel like there's a prerequisite um, to the unexpected meeting, so to speak. So I feel like there's a renouncing of all other gods and fidelity to God alone in Ruth 1, and there's a parallel as well in Judges 6. Um, so Ruth 1, 16, 17. Ruth said to Naomi, the four of the, of the five I wills, do not urge me to leave. One, where you go, I will go. Two, where you lodge, I will lodge. Three, your people will be my people. Four, your God will be my God. Then we have a parallel, I believe, in Judges 6 as well. Um, Judges 6, 25, verses 25 and 26. That night, the Lord said to Gideon, take the second bull from your father's herd, pull down your father's altar to Baal, and cut down Asherah, the Asherah pole, which is another god, standing beside it. Then build an altar to the Lord your God on this hilltop. So I, I just feel like there's a prerequisite, like if we want the unexpected meeting, like how faithful and what's our fidelity like to the Lord. Okay, if we move on. Um, I thought of these two videos. Um, in terms of like the fidelity, I was thinking about um, the first video, the, the Beveers. I don't know if anyone knows the Beveers. Anyone know, familiar with John Bevere and Lisa Bevere? Yeah, and I just thought like it, it definitely explores you know, where we've had so many scandals in the Christian faith, how do you sort of maintain your fidelity to Christ, not only those that are in leadership, but as believers and as a, as a group, as it were. Um, yeah, the, and the second video, I thought of the Briscoes. Um, I actually had the opportunity of seeing them. Before COVID, um, I saw them speak at the Emanuel, Emanuel Center and um, yeah, they're a great couple. They um, minister in, they're based in the States now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite interesting because with John Bevere and Lisa Bevere, they're both in their 60s. And with the Briscoes, they're both in their 80s. So it's just really interesting to me, the legacy uh, that they're leaving. And um, why I thought of the Briscoes as well was in relation to Naomi, because I, I would have loved to preach more on Naomi but for the time's sake, I'm going to keep it condensed to uh, Ruth and Boaz. But yeah, I, ju I just really feel that um, the Lord wants to encourage the older women in the faith and older people in the faith, um, that there's a legacy that you guys bring. There's an authority. There's a wisdom that you bring to the house. So I just wanted to honor that as well. Um, so yeah, just as an, an aside to that, in the case of Ruth... Before there was a Boaz, there was a Naomi. So with Prophet Samuel, the author of this book, before there was Eli, Eli the priest, there was a Hannah. 
in the case of New Testament, in Timothy's case, before there was an Apostle Paul, there was a Lois and a Eunice. So I just wanted to sort of picture that there's, there's um, a fidelity, there's a legacy in, in women uh, ministering, older women, to believers and being role models to believers. Yeah, I just want to quickly pray as well oh, that over our older people, our older women. Father, I just pray such a courage and an emboldening of our, our older women. Father, I just decree that mm, there's an anointing over their voice, Lord, that they still have an authority, Father. So I just pray a release right now, right now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Okay, my wife is going to join me and is going to assist me with the Bible reading. And as we um, go into it, I just want you to sort of hear um, the rhema word and just hear the Lord speaking to us. Now, there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elmelech. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? The foreman replied, she is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. Then Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other, field, any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. I have warned the young man not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness? She asked. <laughs> I am only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied. But I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. May the Lord bless him, Naomi told her daughter-in-law. He is showing his kindness to us as well as your dead husband. That man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Let me just switch that off. Awesome. Right. So, we've had the prerequisite, renouncing all other gods and giving our fidelity to God. Um, one of the things I, I see highlighted in this as well, and I want you to ask the question to your neighbor. We'll, we'll try with this side first. I want you to repeat after me. How tenacious is your love? Can you say that to your neighbor? How tenacious is your love? Oh, we're a bit quiet here. Let's try this side. Like, let's, let's try that. How tenacious is your love? How tenacious is your love? Ooh, cool. Right, let's ask each other. One, two, three, go. How tenacious is your love? 
Okay, cool. I like it. Ruth had a tenacious love. Ruth's generosity ensured Naomi was provided for. I'll say that again. Ruth's generosity ensured Naomi was provided for. Despite the death of her husband, she pressed on. Despite her leaving her, her, leaving par her parents behind, she pressed on. Despite her leaving Moab, she pressed on. Despite her being a foreigner, she pressed on. We have in Philippians where it says in 3.14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. I just feel like we need to encourage, I want you to be encouraged in this, that we are to press on. That's not to say we don't go through stuff, but there's an urgency to press on. No matter what it is we're going through, press on. Then we have Boaz, the generous redeemer. So Boaz, as we see in Ruth 2, 8 to 16, he is so generous. He welcomes her and calls her and calls Ruth daughter. She's a Moabite woman. He didn't have to do this. He didn't have to call her daughter. He instructs Ruth to gather grain in his fields and not elsewhere. And I, I don't know if you can see the rainbow in that as well, that, you know, God doesn't want you to go to other worldly fields. He wants you to come to his field. He offers her protection, offers her food, gives her a word of blessing. May the God of Israel give you refuge and reward you. And he shows her favor. Um, I'm just going to share a personal account as well. So I remember there was a time where um, I think Adora and I had just left a church. There was a lot of like church hurts. And um, I was going to go to this conference. I was like in two minds about going. Um, one, I was a bit fluey, but I thought, I better go, just, just give it a shot sort of thing. So I went to the conference. It was a great conference, and I really sensed God's generosity as well. So this was a type of minister that doesn't stop mid-flow because he, with the conference, he's got like a whole teaching. So if there's ministering time, then he might minister, but it doesn't stop midway. So he sort of stopped midway and called me forward. I was just overwhelmed. He started to prophesy over me and speak blessings, and he spoke so accurately. And not only that, then he gave me like his card. He was like, being in touch, be in touch with my PA. My PA will be in touch with you. And just opened this door, which I couldn't conjure up. I couldn't be like, hey, by the way, I'm Jose. You know, I've got these giftings, you know, come, yeah. Put, put me in your team. I want to be mentored by you. You know, that, I couldn't conjure that myself. I couldn't do it. But the grace of God, the generosity of God met with me. I don't know if some of you have been in those instances where you know that you know that you know that you know that you know God's done this. Nothing you pray, nothing you've done. It was the grace. It was the generosity of God. I don't know if anyone can testify to that. Amen. Right. Let's look at the uh, person of Boaz, the kinsman redeemer. So we've already acknowledged his generosity. Um, he's also a kinsman redeemer. Kinsman, next of kin. The, the Hebrew word is goel. So to say that Boaz was a goel, it meant more than a relative. It meant a special representative. Right to redeem an estate. 
And Jesus is also our Goel. He is our Redeemer. He is, as the scriptures say, our brother. He is our Emmanuel, God with us. He is the one who was both flesh and God. So he is our Redeemer. He paid for us. He redeemed us with his blood. Amen. So Titus 2.14, Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his own. We are also Ruth in the terms that we are Gentiles. We are not Jewish. We're not of the Jewish faith. So we're Gentiles. Yet Jesus, Boaz, Christ the Redeemer, calls us. He calls us by name. He calls us son. He addresses us as daughter. So he identifies with us. So, in conclusion, the prerequisite to an unexpected meeting is to commit our fidelity to God. Renounce all other gods. Um, Viv was sort of alluding to that as well in terms of like maybe we've lent or been leaning on other things, on other people. And, you know, maybe we need to bring our focus back to Christ, bring our fidelity back to Christ. Point two, how tenacious is your love? Our tenacious love is not just about us. Our tenacious love, it also affects others. There are others that follow us. So how do we become more tenacious with our love? Let's posture ourselves. Let's posture our hearts. Let's make a decision. Lord, I want to live more tenaciously for you. Yeah? So the generous redeemer, encountering God's generosity, Jesus, our kinsman redeemer. How? His word, the spirit of God. It's through people as well. God also supplies our physical needs. As we saw in the case of Ruth, it wasn't just Boaz being generous, but it's Boaz being generous in terms of the physical needs. So the Lord cares about our physical needs as well. Give us this day our daily bread, our needs, our daily needs. And in Isaiah also says, the Lord has anointed me, has anointed Jesus to bring the good news to the poor to comfort the brokenhearted and to set the captives free. The band can start coming up. So, God doesn't break his fidelity to us. Do we break our fidelity to him? Do we want to be going round in cycles, as it says in the book of Judges, or do we want a more linear faith? And that's not to say that we won't go through stuff, we will. And sometimes we can't explain why we're going through those stuff. But we want to press on. I just really feel that there's a pressing on that we need to do in our faith. Yeah? So, in terms of time of ministry, I did feel in my heart two types of people. Those who want to walk in a more tenacious fidelity to the Lord. And I also feel for those that want that, there's an invitation 
to encounter God's generosity, especially those that are feeling heavy-hearted. Yeah, there's an invitation. There's an invitation. Um, the last thing I'll say, um, as you noticed, I probably didn't notice, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. <laughs> um, with the slide with the Briscoes family and the Beveres, I don't know if you noticed that there's a family sort of emphasis, like they minister as a family, and even as I was saying about Naomi and Ruth, Lois and Eunice and Timothy, there's a sense of family, you know, Hannah being Prophet Samuel's mother, there's a sense of family, and a family that came to mind for me was, um, I hope I'm not sort of putting you forward too much, but I did think of Holly, and I did think of Tab and Paul, I just feel like there's a fresh grace on you guys, I know you guys have been through some stuff in the family, and I just feel like the Lord is still ministering to your family. The Lord still is. He still cares. In the early hours of the morning, that's the sense I had. Like, you better say this in the preaching. I was like, okay, Lord, I will. <laughs> yeah, so please, if we get an opportunity, pastors, please, let's lay hands on that lovely couple and Holly as well. I really feel that. Um, I'm happy to pass it on. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this space right now. We thank you that you have already been ministering to us, Jesus. Mm. Father, we, would we feel your generosity afresh this morning or this afternoon? I don't know the exact time right now. Would we feel it afresh, Jesus? Thank you, you are generous, Lord. Lord, I pray where our fidelity has swayed, Father. I pray we'd be strengthened today to continue on, to press on and be faithful, a faithful body to you. In the name of Jesus, Father, have your way, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name. stand together and let's worship. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. Defender behind me.
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.